0: Kaiju network where we have a very healthy obsession with kaiju. This is another Toku Zone edition. I am your co-host Kenton with me is your other co-host. Jason, what's going on everyone? So I apologize for anybody who is trying to watch this live via our, and you might as well just bring this up, Jason, as I'm talking about it, via our many um, video uh, services here. uh, When you have young children and your wife is not around and one of them poops their pants, uh, yeah, it it holds you back quite a bit. So that's why we are late today. Uh, I had a diaper to change, (laughs) but uh, we are here and we're going to continue covering Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. We're going to be doing episodes 17 through 20, so another batch of four. In fact, the last batch of four uh, as we head into the final stretch here. Uh, I still find it funny. I actually, when I went to bed last night, I was thinking about this. And I was actually chuckling to myself. I remember when we were starting this up, and I said, well, for about eight months, you know, we'll, we're going to be busy with Johnny Sacco. And it's actually <laughs> turning out to be half that amount of time. So by the time we get done with Johnny Sacco, uh, it'll be the first part of December. And... Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting ready to head into the new year. And anybody who has been with us uh, for a little while knows we tend to try to have some sort of big year-end episode where it's usually the biggest and longest episode of the year where it's basically a smorgasbord of just kaiju tokusatsu discussion. Um, anybody out there who has um, any sort of ideas or, or things they want us to talk about, please let us know. The, the best way to get a hold of us is through Facebook um you know post on our page there even send us um a, a message uh for whatever reason i don't get notifications when uh we get messages for our page on facebook i don't know why but yeah, I, um i wouldn't know but yeah like that that we don't really even check our email that often um but it, that's really the best place to get a hold of us is via Facebook. So if you have anything you want us to talk about or or whatever, uh, any ideas, feel free to let us know. Uh, here in the coming weeks, we're going to start preparing for that. And, and, and otherwise, Jason and I will kind of go about uh, doing our own things in terms of bringing up certain topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, here we are. We're coming down to the final stretch. Uh, after this episode, we have six yep. – Six uh, the, more. The final six episodes to discuss um, for this TV series. Uh, a TV series that it seems like we just started discussing, but <laughs> we've been going at it. Uh, by the end of this month, it will have been four months, and it's just hard to believe where the time like has gone. I mean, 2020 has been a you know a dumpster. F- Fire, uh, you know, and it just seems like these last eight months have just—it it feels like only two or three months have gone by, and not eight. It's just been um, a really crazy year, uh, to say the least. Hopefully, everyone is staying safe and and healthy. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jason, do you have any news or anything like that uh, before we head in? Yeah, just before we get into the news
1: and everything, I just want to bring up the uh, the. Uh the podcast and streaming networks uh once again here uh before we dive in uh as far as our audio podcast networks we got uh We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn, and on our streaming uh, live networks. It's YouTube, Twitch, Facebook Live, Periscope, and DLive. And you can also, as Kent has described, you can follow us at some of our social media networks. As you can see on the screen there, just search for Daikaiju Network. And you can find us at our own website over at uh, daikaijunetwork.com. And... Let me uh, get to the screen here. The only news that I want to bring up, that I just saw this from August Ragone here earlier this morning that uh, starting uh, January of next year that uh, it's going to be Ultraman's 55th anniversary. So Tsuburaya Productions is going to be doing... Basically, a whole year celebration dedicated to Ultraman here. And as you can see here, off to the left of uh, the browser window here, this is the official 55th uh, anniversary logo here. And. Um, And then let's just read uh, a little bit of what we got here. Uh, Super Ride Productions has announced the Ultraman 55th Anniversary Project, revealing a logo with the six Ultra Brothers alongside it. Uh, 2021 will be the 55th anniversary of Ultraman, and to celebrate Tsuburaya has unveiled the Ultraman 55th anniversary project. New films, series, events, and merchandise are all teased to be a part of this project. Tsuburaya has also revealed the logo uh, for the 55th anniversary. This logo features the 6 Ultra Brothers, Ultraman, Jack, Leo, Ace, Ultra 7, and Taro. Uh, more information will come as project uh, proceeds which will be posted on the official website for the 55th anniversary and so uh, we got obviously i think later this month is going to be the as as you can uh, see here the ultra the ultraman galaxy uh conspiracy uh special is going to be on youtube here within the next uh couple weeks here so there's going to be quite a few big things coming up especially within the next year so i don't know if you have anything uh else to add on that kent um
0: uh, really, uh, for really a year now, it definitely has been very Ultraman, mm-hmm. um, especially here in the States. Mill Creek, uh, has been releasing all those Blu rays of the various um series and even uh, some of the films that come with uh, attach some of those series as well. Um, it's been a very good 12, 13 months at least for Ultraman, at least here in the States. Mm-hmm. And then of course to Tsuburaya, uh, doing Ultraman Z via YouTube, even for those of us in the States. I mean, uh, I don't know what it exactly has been like in Japan other than the Ultraman Z being available, but, uh, you know, here in the States, like I said, we've had a lot of Blu-rays come out in the last 12, 13 or so months. And, um, you know, it's been it's been fun. Uh, you know, I Ultraman is is something that I enjoy. I don't necessarily like every iteration. I tend to like more the earlier Ultraman stuff than I do some of the more recent stuff. But um, you know, uh, this is a series, or should I say, a franchise? that I've been in love with now for, for over eight years at this point, I remember you had uh, discussed this with me odd number of years ago. And, and I was just kind of skeptical about it as always. And then, (laughs) well, I mean, I didn't know much about it. And, you know, I was one of those people that was more of just a hardcore Godzilla fan and a little bit of a Gamera fan. And then after we got back from our first G fest in 2012, you bought that Mill Creek uh, set of the original, Original Ultraman with the English dub on it, and we watched a couple episodes that evening after we got back to my place, and I immediately fell in love with it. In fact, I bought my own copy of that on Cyber Monday, uh, you know, a couple months later, and um, it's that. First one is is one of my all time favorite TV shows and and I've enjoyed some of the other stuff too. I've caught bits and pieces of Return of Ultraman when my son was going through that uh, in the early part of this pandemic. Um, I didn't sit down with him all the time to watch it. Um, and then he started Ultraman Ace like in July or something like that. He's roughly halfway through that. He hasn't done he hasn't watched a whole lot of that, but I've seen bits and parts of that. That looks pretty cool too. Um, you know, And I tried – what was it? Last December, I tried watching the movies to Ultraman, Geed, and Orb, and then I quickly realized I probably needed to watch the series of those first because I think those movies were produced after those oh, yeah, series definitely. Uh, were produced. So, you know, um, it's – and I've been wanting to check out – like one of the things I've been thinking about checking out this, um, this winter um, is – I don't – oh. Oh, the uh, the Can new version of the up. Ultra Q? Neo-Ultra Neo Q. Yeah, that's kind of what... It's not very many episodes. I think it's like 12 or 13 episodes. There weren't very many that were um, produced. It's a two-disc... Set. I thought there was a book or I read somewhere. Oh yeah. 12 episodes. So yeah, I mean, it's not something that would take very long. Um, and I love the original Ultra Q as well. Uh, Ultra Q is another one of my favorite um, just, just in general TV series. So like, again, to sound, sound like, Oh, sound like a broken record. Um, uh, it's been a big, months here just even in the states so um and we're gonna get more next Mm -hmm. year so it's gonna be exciting yeah i mean it, it
1: would have been nice to really celebrate our ten years here, but with all that's been <laughs> going on this entire year, it really was I can sort of say a bit disappointing in a way. <laughs> I was hoping that we could have well. at least done something, you know, if GFS was still going on, but obviously that didn't happen. But uh Hopefully with uh, our big episode coming up later next month, hopefully we can try to do something about it.
0: Well, and then, too, as we've always said, um, you know, we don't make a single dime off of this show. We don't try to raise money or anything. We don't have a Patreon or even a donate button anywhere. Um, This is more of a fan project. And, unfortunately, you know, we've talked about before trying to get more guests on, and and we just haven't done it. And a lot of it's just been because we both uh, have been so busy in our lives. And, again, this year in particular has just been even – more strange and frustrating and stressful um, you know it's just it's really thrown everybody for a loop and so uh, you know our 10 year anniversary is is a very whimperish type of anniversary but that was beyond our control for the, the most part The only thing
1: I can say the single biggest highlight that we've done so far this year is definitely the, the Daikaiju fest that we did in place of G fest <laughs>
0: yeah that's been one of the biggest things we've we've done
1: yep but uh yeah otherwise uh there's really not a whole lot of news here mainly most of it is just geared towards more uh common rider uh tamashi nation uh figures being revealed the uh like here for instance the shadow uh super Bio Hunter silva and bioman uh And then other humongous lists of different kinds of common writer here from SH Figure Arts... I mean yeah there's that's essentially basically all of some of the other news but yeah and of course we got some uh, Ultraman SH figure arts uh, listed right here but um, otherwise from what I'm seeing here there's really not a whole lot of uh, news to go upon Right now, because I know with all these figure news it's probably going to take maybe about a half hour to go through. So,
0: yeah, the best thing to do when it comes to toys is just basically say this has come out. And maybe give like a quick one or two examples. Yeah, but um,
1: yeah, definitely I would check out if you want an updated list on some of these newer figures or what have you just go to either the Tokusatsu network as you can see here or on the Toku Nation uh, website right here which they discuss a lot of things uh, Zy-Ranger, Ranger, uh Common Rider Power Rangers any sort of Toku related stuff obviously so uh, otherwise that's essentially it of the news for Tokusatsu
0: all right, so let's just head into covering episodes 17 through 20 of Johnny Sacco and his Flying Robot. And again, for being with us during this whole retrospective series, uh, when we start off each episode, I give the English title first, followed by the Japanese. And then we just have a brief uh, discussion as far as which title we think is the best or we prefer the most. And then we get into discussion of each and every individual episode. So starting with episode seven, we have destroy the dam the japanese title is destroy the akafuji dam so jason which title do you like or prefer (laughs) i think destroy the dam is probably the most simplest one I agree. I think uh, Destroy the Dam is the most uh, direct. Uh, we don't necessarily need um, you know, the, the name the, of the yeah, actual the specific dam. One, yeah. uh, the Akafuji Dam. I mean, sure, it's the dam that is portrayed in this dam episode. <laughs> and, um, and and it plays a big role, obviously, but you know what? The, the role it plays here is the t- kind of role any dam would have uh, played in. So yeah, I, I agree. I think Destroy the Dam is the best and, and the most straightforward. Mm. So here's a synopsis of Destroy the Dam. A gargoyle vine attacks a lake botanist and Red Cobra lead the way. Captain Azuma is nearly killed by by uh, Red Cobra. It's soon discovered a more powerful gargoyle vine is growing nearby and it's nearly indestructible. It's even shooting red-hot rocks. The gargoyle vine is absorbing everything the self-defense force is thrown at it, even making it stronger. Robo destroys the dam. The water makes the vine more vulnerable. Robo engages and the vine is, is destroyed. With botanist having failed again, Emperor Guillotine annihilates him so um, immediately coming out of the gate again it's been a treat to go through this series of, for me for the first time in about four years I was like what the hell happened to Fangar here yeah that's that's um, the,
1: that's the basically the obvious thing that comes to mind you know mine too but uh, yeah that's obviously the thing that comes up When seeing this episode, it's... He's just completely different
0: in this. He has more of this... It's not Fangar, though. Oh, really? I just said it's Red Cobra. Oh. But it's the same exact actor. Yeah. Basically, with the exact same uniform, minus the teeth, and with a little extra paint and, like, a cobra type of deal on his arm.
1: I thought it was Fangar, because I wrote it down because it was... Yeah, it just, to me, it felt like... It's um, not clear. I had to look it up. Yeah, because when I was watching the episode, that it felt to me that, was there something in this episode that, or behind the scenes where someone just completely screwed up the appearance of Fangar, even though it's the same guy wearing the same uh, outfit and everything, but the only... The only obvious difference here is the his uh, signature teeth is missing, and then the uh, paint or the decoration or whatever it is on his forehead, and also the uh, oh the sub uh, the dubber who did this guy was much different. So. Mm. At f- up until this point, I thought it was Fangard up until you said that it was uh, Red Cobra. So I was like, uh...
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I thought initially, because again, I don't remember everything from this series. Because like I said, I've on, this is my third time going through the series. And the last time I did it was back in December of 2016. And a lot of stuff I have forgotten. And initially I thought maybe one of the things that happened was that this was an episode recorded earlier in the series but for whatever reason they didn't debut it until later and that maybe this was supposed to be an earlier rendition of Fangar but i kept looking at it and the, and i think the problem is the dub because i'm thinking if we had the japanese cut we would have found out it was Red Cobra, but I kept looking at it, and I even initially had in my notes it was Fangar and kind of like, what the hell happened here and all that? And um, I'm like, that can't be right. Like, that that just is that, – that seems off. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up, and it's Red Cobra. And I'm just like, why didn't the dubbers at least in one, just even one scene bring that up? I mean, sure – like we said, there are differences in the appearance of this character, and in fact, towards the end, you see him an awful lot with, like, this big cobra head arm or something like that, um, you know, by his side. But otherwise, we have no clue, you know, what in the world this this character is or is about. I mean, like I said, we both thought it was Fangar, and... um they they did a the at least the English one, and I again I don't know about the Japanese one. I would assume the Japanese one used the name Red Cobra, but at least in the English one it did a piss poor job of really making sure, really telling people this is a different character, even though it looks by and large the exact same type of, of character in this episode.
1: And the other thing is too, even though it's a different person. Uh, red Cobra, but on Fangar, when he has his crutches there, a red snake is twirling around it. Exactly. Too, so that makes it even more confusing. And then, as you mentioned about earlier, this could have been recorded uh, earlier in the series and debuted at a later time that this could have been an earlier iteration of Fangar, but
0: who could possibly know? It could. They could be brothers. Possibly. But this series will never fill in those gaps for you. This isn't that kind of TV series. Uh, Obviously, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, they they screw up a lot. (laughs) Yeah, but um,
1: I would say the the main elephant in the room that I wanted to point out here is that uh, for the second time, the gargoyle buying uh, makes an appearance in this TV show. Since, oh, um, let me look up here. Episode two, uh, two or three. Um, uh, episode three. Um, yeah. And in, and in that episode, uh, they found, uh, found a way to destroy that one with electricity. Whereas here, that's never even mentioned about at all. Even when they're using or bringing back uh, dr dorian uh back into the limelight for this episode here and the one thing that is that makes this episode not so great for me you know with the story is that it seems like everyone had complete amnesia in this one and they're trying to figure out how to destroy it even the seems like the doctor has complete amnesia and how to destroy this uh, gargoyle vine because they killed it with electricity in episode three whereas here it seems like that's not the same outcome this time around.
0: My guess is that this is a different version of the gargoyle vine, that it's sort of a different species of sort because they were really shocked uh, to find out that this was spewing uh, hot rock. And I don't believe in episode three that one shot hot rocks. So I think this one's sort of a a different species, of gargoyle vine, and as a result, it's – abilities and attributes are going to be different from what we saw earlier um yeah and i and and again i kind of want to let everyone know and we've discussed this maybe a couple times already as we've gone through this series that it may sound like at times we are pretty harsh on this series but again don't Get us wrong. We both really enjoy this series, uh, but we feel like as a podcast, something that's out there in the public for consumption to everybody that wants to listen to it, um, we feel like we have an obligation or a duty to try to be as objective as possible because especially for people who uh, have not seen some of these TV shows and movies that we are covering – you know, we, we want to try to give everyone as clear and as honest uh, of a picture as, as, as to the best of our ability. Um, and that means, yeah, I, I think really everything we've covered in movies and TV shows we've had, we've divvied out at least a couple criticisms of, and um, including some of our favorite stuff, and um, and we are cheerleaders for all of this stuff. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression here. We are huge fans of this stuff. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. I mean, why would we want to waste our energy and and, and time? Yeah, on wait, something waste our just dislike? waste our last ten years of doing this. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, and anybody who has really uh, strongly disliked or hated something and you devote even a little bit of time to that, you find yourself – really exhausted and you find your mental chemistry is way off. Like you find yourself more angry and ticked off uh, at everything and you find yourself um, exhausted. You find yourself depressed more. Like you don't enjoy a lot of things in life if you spend a lot of time hating or disliking something. And so um, we are cheerleaders. We're not like some other podcast where everything Thing is, is rosy and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that uh, but we feel like uh, again it's our duty to try to be honest to try to do the best we can to um, be honest about the pros and the cons of, of everything we cover here and in fact um and I'll even do it with this episode, and I've done it with a number of episodes up to this point in the series. Where even some episodes where I thought there were some big plot holes or, or issues within the story, I've given some pretty good scores to, uh, if not even some perfect scores in some cases. Um, you know, so we're fans. We just feel like it's our obligation to try to be as objective as we possibly can. And one of the, and and this is an episode where I think it's one of the rare moments in this series where you and I I think are on exact opposite ends as far as what we think of a particular episode. We've been more or less close, if not on the same page, for most of these episodes as we've covered this series. This one, I think, we're about as far apart as we have been up to this point. Despite the fact that, yeah, I have an issue with the whole Red Cobra thing, and that I think may have more to do with the dubbing in terms of how the English dubbers just may not have for whatever reason decided to use the name Red Cobra, even though I'm sure – I'm almost positive the Japanese one did. Uh, Uh, That is my biggest pet peeve Mm -hmm. or or issue with
1: this episode. If if Uh, anyone has any additional information on this part, if it is indeed on the Japanese version, his name, Red Cobra, uh, you can just put it in the description down below either on YouTube or Twitch, uh, whichever uh, platform that you're watching our video on, or if it's original –
0: or even contact us via social yeah, media. <laughs> yeah,
1: either if it, if the original Japanese version really says that this guy is indeed Red Cobra or Fangard, let us know.
0: Yeah, because the one that it was, was officially released here in the States by Shout Factory it just has the English dub. Mm-hmm. It's what was broadcasted here in the States back in the, you know, I think early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. I'm actually
1: sort of hoping that with Arrow uh, being an up-and-coming provider of tokusatsu and kaiju uh, films and everything, I certainly hope that uh, they sometime down the road pick up uh, Johnny Sacco and hopefully remaster it and hopefully find some sort of uh, original versions
0: of this TV show? I don't know if they do TV series or not. Um, I've never really dove into their, their oeuvre as far as what they provide. I would say if anybody here in the States were to pick it up again, uh, it would be Mill Creek. Um, my only qualm with Mill Creek is anybody, again, who has listened long enough for about the last 12 months knows I hate uh, how they um, – Go about uh, uh, the the coloring of their subtitles. Um, excuse me. I don't like white subtitles because I think they're incredibly difficult to read, and I've bitched and moaned about that over the last 12 months on here that is my only issue with mill creek and that's been my biggest issue with them with all this ultraman stuff that they brought out is just the color of the subtitles makes it almost impossible uh, i think to read at certain points but i would be more than happy that if they picked up this series and um you know we're able to 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 get the original japanese and subtitle but we're off on a tangent here (laughs) um i want to get back to this here i got a real ultraman vibe off of this particular episode the original ultraman vibe um, because i really thought some of the miniature work some of the camera shots and in some cases how the story was held or or Told uh, It reminded me of some of those uh, episodes from the first Ultraman series. So for me, I thought that was really good because, again, that's one if not my most favorite Ultraman uh, series of all time. And I love the miniature work. I think as the series has progressed, the miniature work has uh, not only gotten better but gradually, very slowly become more numerous as well. Um, I really – I really dig this episode. I understand some of the qualms you have. I'm willing to overlook that because in my mind, this is just a different like species of gargoyle line. So that's kind of how I do it. Uh, but again, like I said, my biggest issue is the whole thing with Red Coburn, at least how the English dub. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't recall them ever using the Well, name. and I know you're saying
1: that this could be a different Uh, species of uh, gargoyle vine, but that's never really touched upon in this episode or in the series at all. They only just say gargoyle vine in this statement. So to me, it's I would say if if they didn't say if it's a, a different species of gargoyle vine, it's still basically overall the same species of gargoyle vine. So that's my only biggest gripe is that to me, it just feels like that they just have a complete amnesia on Gargoyle Vine, even though that they still remember Dr. Dorian here. Uh, but it just still seems like they they just they even know how to beat Gargoyle Vine when they knew how to in episode three so that's still my one of my other biggest uh gripes about this episode is that the story
0: well yeah and I understand where you're coming from but if we were to also use your logic for that then we would have to assume at least again with the in in particular, the English dub of this series, we would have to assume then that Red Cobra is Fangar because, at least in the English dub, the name isn't brought up of Red Cobra. So, and again, and we've talked about this too ad nauseum throughout our entire retrospective of the series. First and foremost, this is a kid's show. And, you know, obviously, all of us that, when we were kids and we grew up on cartoons and stuff, you're not always going to get the best storytelling. Uh, a lot of times the the storytelling is very basic and for good reason, uh, kids don't have the sophistication that uh, you know, teenagers and adults do you know um but at the same time too for kids in many cases and at least what uh, some adults believe is necessary for kids entertainment is not it's not so much about uh covering up plot holes and telling a good story it's more about telling a fun story and there is a difference you know telling something and I know some people say well you can have both good and fun it's like yeah but when you start trying to maybe be sophisticated in something some of that's going to go over the kids' heads. They're not going to understand some of that stuff. And when you're dealing with something like Johnny Socko and his flying robot, uh, a kid who uses a watch to control a giant robot that shoots out lasers and missiles and all sorts of stuff, and also these weird people, uh, you know, this emperor guillotine with a squid head who comes from outer space, who, an alien, basically. Dr. Botanist, also an alien. Fangar, this, this uh, pig legged, bucked. Tooth, high forehead, jail suit, wearing red cloaks. Hamburglar looking dude. <laughs> type of mo- I mean, it, this is a Nuck and Futs series. I mean, the, the, the point of this series isn't to make sense. It's to have fun. And that's why I love this series so much is that yeah, are there issues with it? Oh, absolutely. Like if you really want to get serious about how good is the storytelling and you want to talk plot holes and you want to talk about motives and all this other stuff, this is a mess of a series. No doubt about that i mean i will be the first to tell you this is a mess of a series if you're trying to look at this seriously but that's not what you're supposed to do this is a series where you turn your brain off and i know as adults it's kind of harder for us to do because our brains are more sophisticated and also we've spent more years um watching uh, uh i guess higherfalutin films, films that are considered uh, to to possess good storytelling. And so in a way, we become jaded and and sort of, quote-unquote, poisoned uh, by that sort of storytelling. So when we come back and watch something like this, or even a cartoon series that we watched when we were younger and enjoyed – We're going to be like, what in the world? Why did I watch this? This is a mess of a series or mess of a film or whatever. And so I understand exactly what you're saying. um, But at the same time, too, it's just like you're not going to get those explanations here in in a series like this as far as whether or not they're going to come out and say this is different. I think in some cases you have to sort of – Excuse me, the carbonated water. Um, you sort of have to just assume or play along with it, or maybe it's inferred. You just sort of have to sometimes even use your own imagination. Well, agree
1: to disagree. So, on that <laughs> note, um, I wanted to also discuss the other elephant in the room. Dr. is being killed off. Mm-hmm. Here I thought
0: I knew the- I I, I, oh, I
1: did not expect him to be killed off sorta of this early, even though we're in the second half uh or should I say towards the middle part of the second half here that mm-hmm. it's just for me if it was up to me of what person or commander to be killed off in this Probably it would have been uh, Harlequin because we still have <laughs> yet. We go, yeah. <laughs> <yourselves> in, folks. <laughs> we still have yet to have another episode since oh gosh, I forget what uh, last episode he was in. But yes,
0: maybe been two podcasts ago.
1: Yeah, to me, I think this would have been, at least been a good opportunity for Harlequin to have been in this one. <laughs> Well, and I would say we could have replaced Fangar with Botanist and still could have kept him in up until probably towards the end of the series here. But yet it's it was sort of sad for me to see Botanist finally go off like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed, too, and I knew his time was coming to an end. I didn't think it was going to be this soon. I thought we were yeah. looking at between episodes like twenty, twenty-three, or something like that in which we were going to see his demise. Um, but my question, though, is what happened to Red Cobra?
1: Yeah, or um, that – well, I, we've had some of the other commanders, and some of them you know, went up and all that. Yeah. Also, where is Harlequin, too?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and I mean, and I'm not 100% certain because, again, the last time I saw this series was four years ago. I'm semi-positive we are not going to see Red Cobra again. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I'm almost positive. Especially with... I mean, we got six more episodes to cover. And and spoiler alert, Red Cobra is not in any of the remaining episodes that we cover in this podcast. But it's just like I don't remember. First of all, I've forgotten about him entirely. And I don't recall seeing him again between episodes 21 through 26. Well, then –
1: and after this episode, we – the rest of the shows that we're going to be discussing about – all of them have Fangar in it, so yeah. That, that also leads to me is like, was this Red Cobert guy an earlier iteration of Fangar? But we've already discussed all that stuff earlier, <laughs> so
0: yeah. I, really I just, it. Um, but the thing is, is that, and spoiler alert, cover your ears. I'm gonna say something big at the end or of you. the series. Emperor Guillotine is destroyed, so. You know, and one of the things I thought about too, like even if we don't get a a conclusion to Red Cobra and Harlequin's character, I'm almost positive Harlequin comes back, but I don't think Red Cobra does. But let's just say, for sake of argument, neither one of them comes back again. With Emperor Guillotine destroyed, are Harlequin and Red Cobra, you know, big baddies at that point? They're baddies, but they're probably not as big anymore because they don't have Emperor Guillotine uh, to help them out, and they don't have the resources that he brought along. Does it matter that we see their demise? Technically, yes. But again, dealing with a a series like this, no, not really. Because again, like I said, when you think about it, if we don't see him again and and when Guillotine is destroyed – the, those guys are not going to be anywhere near as powerful as they once were no
1: nope nope but yeah in, some of the, in the other episodes it seems like uh, Fangar is more trusted as time
0: progresses he's great I like him I mean we've yeah. said that many times Fangar is great definitely so with that do we want to dive into final thoughts and a rating Uh, yes All right, I'll I'll, I'll go first here. Okay. An episode I had completely forgotten about. We are treated to a fun story that reminds me of some of the earlier Ultraman episodes and how it's filmed and story comes together. I had forgotten about Red Cobra and think having the same actor and the character dressed the same way as Fangar makes it very confusing for a while. This is my biggest complaint of the episode. Otherwise, it's really fun. Nine out of ten. So for me,
1: uh, episode 17, um, with just the confusion of is it really Red Cobra or is it Fangar? Because, you know, as we discussed earlier, uh, this dude has the same garment, sort of almost the same appearance, minus uh, the teeth and no uh, decoration on his forehead here. And then, of course, the different dubbing, but it's the same dude in the same garment. Um, and also has the same pig leg and everything, but no crutches and so on and so forth. And then the other thing to me, too, is just more or less the story of this episode where, although it could be a different uh, gargoyle vibe, but with it being a kid show, they... Don't specifically say if it is or not. So to me, it, it's still the same thing, uh, same species, and it just feels like just you know complete amnesia here. It's just the one thing that we just are in total opposite uh, opinions on this one. But uh, to me, uh, it's it's still a good episode, but the story on this one it just feels like someone just completely forgot when they were bringing back uh, Gargoyle Vine from Episode 3 and they just completely forgot of how to defeat this uh, creature uh, here. But um, nevertheless, it's sort of a bit disappointing to see Dr. Botanist uh, go sort of this early even though we're getting close to the second or in the middle of the second half of the series but um otherwise i'm still giving this uh episode uh seven out of ten even with uh great uh miniatures practical effects but just story could have been more improved and not so amnesiac in a way
0: alright episode 18 the English title is X7 a mysterious enemy agent the Japanese title is mysterious secret agent X7 Jason which one do you prefer
1: Um, what was the Japanese version again
0: mysterious secret agent X7
1: I think I probably would go with that one
0: I go with the English one, and I'll say this, uh, and I'll hmm. explain. Uh, using the words mysterious secret is redundant. They could have just said secret agent X7 or mysterious agent X7, and it would have meant the same thing. They didn't need the one extra word in there because if you're mysterious, it will obviously be a secret. If you're a secret agent, obviously you are going to be mysterious. So I like the English title better because it's more to a point. X7, you got the name of the agent, a mysterious enemy agent. So that to me is more to the point without any redundancy.
1: Well, it sort of also seems a bit redundant too when you have mysterious enemy agent. It should have been mm. it should have been more like X seven the mysterious agent.
0: But then you are gonna be like, okay, well where is this and en- where is this agent on? Is he on Unicorn side or is he on Gargoyle side? Saying a mysterious enemy agent says you know, basically a mysterious or secretive agent that is an enemy.
1: You may never know. <laughs>
0: what the episode tells me <laughs>
1: Well the episode should F off. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: let me tell you something here. Don't be so it's
1: redundant. The... <laughs> All right, let's get let's get with let's get with the story plot. <laughs> All right.
0: The story plot? <laughs> Are you talking about <laughs> Jeez. A new metal, YZ, is discovered, and it's found to be more powerful than uranium. The scientists who discovered it are taken captive by Gargoyle using a new iron claw. Their new agent, X7, is responsible. Johnny's new friend, Kenny, invites him and his other friends to his house for his birthday party. The cake gasses everyone. Fangar is behind the plot. (laughs) After being held captive, Jerry, Johnny, and the kids escape. Vanguard tells Unicorn he demands the YZ medal, otherwise Tokyo will be leveled by the Claw. Kenny reveals himself to Mari as being X-7. He ties her up and leaves a time bomb at the Unicorn HQ. Robo and the Claw come together in combat. X-7 controls the Claw. The Claw is ultimately blown to bits and X-7 is injured. Johnny rescues him and says he'll show Johnny where the scientists are kept but X-7 is soon shot by Gargoyle
1: here we go again another (laughs) Kenny
0: And I, did, I do um, – out of my memories of this series, this is one of the episodes, or at least a f- section of the episode is, some, is something I've always remembered about this because I always remembered that birthday party. I remembered Johnny being around with other kids and a cake and something bad happening. Um and that may tell you something. This is um, uh, in some ways a goofy episode, but at the same time, it's sort of a dark episode, mm-hmm. and especially towards the end, it takes a darker turn. And at the end of this episode, it clearly shows you the incredible differences behind uh, between Japanese kids' television shows and what they deemed kids were able to – process versus american tv shows here a kid gets shot oh yeah he gets shot let me let, let, let me let me have you sink that uh, let that sink in for a moment and i will repeat he gets shot and is killed by gargoyle um uh here in this particular episode and that is something that uh i had forgotten about and i found to be very shocking uh because again been a long time since i've seen the series plus i'm trying to open up my eyes more and and review this more objectively than i have in the past um it's something but uh starting from the beginning here i thought the jet pilot's speech being muffled was unintentionally funny at the beginning of this episode <laughs> when they were talking – like you couldn't really understand him all that
1: mm-hmm. well, I thought. Yeah, it, and uh, also the one thing I want to point out in here is that we sort of get the gigantic claw. Coming back again, so we're starting yeah, to. I have that. So fixed. we're starting to get like the reusage of some of these earlier uh, kaiju slash tokusatsu, or whatever you want to call them, giant robots. And I think didn't the giant? Let me check on my notes here of the episodes. Was it the giant clock? Right after. Uh, let's see here. It was
0: like episode six or
1: something. Uh, yeah, uh, episode five two episodes down the line so basically we're almost getting the same repeating characters back to back although in the episode in between it was like on
0: tyrox in that one yeah i'm and i knew the claw was making a comeback i just didn't know when um I have written in my notes, oh, God, the giant claw. <laughs> like, and I've said this before. I'm not a fan of using appendages like the flying hand. The flying jawbone was a little bit cooler, but even that was kind of dumb in its own way. Uh, but I thought the giant claw is, is probably the worst in my opinion. But then I would say uh, – Out of the giant enemies we see in this The
1: series, biggest difference of this gigantic claw is the paint job that's that's it's, about it's it just, from silver uh, <laughs> maybe dirtyish silver to red that's about it but the appearance is exactly the same
0: This sort of batch of episodes that we're going into to finish out this podcast, I think, have a number of unintentionally funny moments, and I will cover some of them as we go along. But I thought one of the funniest things from this episode – well, yeah, one of the number of things – is that when Captain Azuma is talking to the rest of the unicorn gang there in Tokyo uh, sort of about – who or what X-7 is, uh, Captain Azuma says, all we know is that he's dangerous. And I go, holy shit, like (laughs) you couldn't have been more obvious because before that he goes over uh, how X-7 destroyed a number of unicorn bases in other parts of the world. And it's just like, really, Einstein? Like, (laughs) that's all you got to say is that all we know is he's dangerous? your people unless they are dumb shits were, are gonna know that just from you saying he destroyed a base here in Malaysia. He destroyed a base in Hawaii and another base here like I just was like Holy
1: and probably shit. one of the other funnier moments maybe uh, on the borderline of cringe is the dialogue in a way, especially when with the kids and everything it seemed it seemed almost robotic. Anyways, like, for instance, I have a party right now. It's a birthday party. You all are all invited. Would you like to come?
0: <laughs> I swear you are peeking on my nose somehow. <laughs> that is also what I got next here is that I thought the school kids sounded much oh yeah, I got than they should yes. have been. <laughs> and, the, yeah, the line delivery of everybody, including Johnny um, – was very stilted uh it was not good no. at all and in fact <laughs> i, I kind of want to skip to the end just a little bit here um <laughs> x7's death slash kenny's death is a little funny because he doesn't pull it off all that oh well. yeah <laughs> And another thing I thought was really ridiculous and pathetic was Johnny's reasoning for saving Kenny. Do you remember what his reasoning for saving Kenny was?
1: Because he's his friend.
0: Very close, because he's his classmate.
1: Close enough. Almost the same thing
0: close but classmates so basically even if maybe they were friends but in different classes would Johnny have been like pardon my language fuck you die like would he have done that <laughs> like would he, would he seriously have done something like that I thought the Regardless, I really thought the reasoning, at least in terms of the words being used here, was pathetic. I'm like, because he's a classmate. That's like me saying, you know, to my homeroom uh, class uh, 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 students, fellow students, I will save you because you are my class. Other people because you're my, my class, grade, but different <laughs> class you are not in my class, so... <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I just thought that was ridiculous. It's not... He could have said something like, because you're a human being, You, you everybody deserves a second chance. You know, something to that effect is so much better. And you're my classmate, Kenny. <laughs> like, I just thought it was so dumb. Unintentionally funny.
1: Uh, uh, and then... To me to just can they come up with different names seriously? With all the dubs that we have seen so far, even with some of the films that aren't related to the whole Tokusatsu thing, you know, Gamera, for instance, maybe Godzilla, I'm not entirely sure. It's like there are a couple Kenny's in the series, but not that many. But it's like almost all of these side characters that come up with a one and done episode, they're all named Kenny.
0: <laughs> well, it's like here in the United States, you got a lot of Johns and Matts and Mike. I know, but <laughs> still,
1: can they come up with different names? Maybe like a John for, for once or. J- <laughs> Well, we already have a Jerry, (laughs) but yeah, it's like, still, can they come up with something a little bit different here?
0: I mean, I don't care too much about that. Um, This, this was an unintentionally funny episode, Um But I also did enjoy it uh, because, like I said, this is one I had sort of remembered uh, eventually coming down towards the end of the series because of the birthday party. Um, I I thought – another unintentionally funny part was that uh, as they were trying to escape – uh, the house jerry was pretty lucky that that machine gun was all out of its six bullets when technically machine guns are going to have quite a few more bullets oh, yeah. than that because he just stood right there in front of that door as plain as you can be kicked it down yeah was it what is it, <laughs> was it? Like, that's all that's all the bullets that thing had.
1: wasn't it still going when he he was kicking down the door because i know it was going off when he like just
0: it went off But he didn't wait long enough to make sure it was done because once it stopped for like a second, boom, that's when he kicked down the door. Like he didn't wait. Like most people would have waited just to be like, is it done? Like because it was – You know? And my sick bastard mind, you know, one of my favorite things to do in my free time is when I watch TV shows and movies is to think of dumb, stupid, yet hilarious ways uh, people just sort of will act in my own. demented mind yep. and i just thought it would have been funny if he just stood there k- kicked open the door and then like a recording the fangar goes ha ah, gotcha and then shot, <laughs> fired more bullets and shot him and there's this dramatic slow-mo of jerry going ah, ah. Like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like you know th- that's just kind of what i do sometimes in my spare time when i watch this stuff not just this johnny sacco stuff but anything um yep i can i can't attest to that one (laughs) yeah it's just really it it was kind of meh but here's the thing um i did love uh, once again the miniature work here i believe those effects have increased in quality uh, again just even and number again as we continue through this series i really did enjoy despite the fact i hate The Iron Claw, Uh, I hate that type of enemy. I I really thought, again, the miniature work here is fantastic Mm -hmm. in that it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. to see uh, Robo and and Claw fight. It was a lot better than what we saw in Episode 5, I thought. Uh, But yeah, and part of it is just because we get more miniature work here and just everything looks fantastic. Yeah, and
1: I completely forgot that this uh, Kenny Kid was – x7 in this one even though it's been well over a year since i've went through this uh tv show and also didn't realize that vanguard was in this episode as well when you know uh the kids along with johnny being gassed they're at the birthday party that uh the the dude which i thought was x7 who was part of that whole birthday party but no towards the end there it was indeed Kenny there which I sort of forgot about that
0: starting the episode I didn't know who X7 was but immediately when Kenny came onto the scene I knew it and you know instinctively I'm like that is X7 because I'm just like it's Johnny Sacco it's a it's a series about a little boy and it's got to be a little boy. It's going to be his counterpart. So I knew immediately when Kenny came onto the scene that that was X Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had totally forgotten that he would get shot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then even yeah. and then even though that Vanguard was a part of this episode here, it just seems like he wasn't really a whole intricate part of what was going on in this episode at all. It just seems like he was it he really, wasn't wasn't quite utilized very well in it
0: he wasn't uh, his his whole arc is very incomplete in this episode more or less what you get or or sort of what you take away from this episode is that he was more involved in the capturing of johnny and jerry more than anything else Um, and that's really about it and basically saying you know we have the scientists give us this new metal otherwise you know the the scientists are going to get killed uh, but yeah otherwise yeah it seemed like everything was x7s mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting considering this 7 8 year old kid is behind <laughs> the more de- he's more uh, dark and, and and violent
1: yeah Frank, i would like to know stuff. how how in the heck like a 7 or 8 year old kid just have so much angst and finding his own way into a criminal organization. Being this smart and out, basically outsmarting everyone, even all these unicorn uh, bases around
0: the world. <laughs> First and foremost, he was trained by Gargoyle slash Emperor Guillotine, so that's part of it. Another thing is – and we've talked about this many times throughout the series. I might even talk about it in the next couple episodes. Do you realize how incompetent and inept Unicorn actually is? Yes, very. <laughs> so, <laughs> Still. <laughs> a person could walk in with a bunch of weapons on their person. they'd be like – come right on in. We don't know who you are, but come right on in. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just how incompetent this whole organization is, and they're supposed to be kind of secretive, but yeah, so special and, and so, um, you know, uh, uh, powerful that they just are a bunch of numbnuts. So, it just, and we've talked about this before, and like I said, I think I'm going to talk about it again in, in a couple of episodes here, but I mean, look, uh, despite uh, some of the the ridiculousness of this episode, um, that was unintentionally funny, and I – Laughed at it, and that to me is enjoyable. It's not like I laughed at it in that it's it's terrible. Uh, It was that it was so bad that it's good type of laughter, Mm. and I do enjoy this episode by and large, even though it is very stupid in some uh, moments, and really something that. in terms of quality, in terms uh, by how the story is told and how everything's handled, it is technically on the lower end of the series, but it's so bad that it's good too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't can't go wrong with it. All
0: right, it. you want to give your final thoughts and rating? Yeah. Um.
1: As far as this episode goes, I'd say the story of this one is much better this time around and obviously we get Fangar back in this and then of course throughout the entire episodes that we're going to be discussing here but he's not really much of a intricate part of this uh, episode except for being the integral part of capturing uh, Johnny, Jerry and some of the kids that were part of this quote unquote party but um, Yeah, and as far as the X Seven agent, sort of forgot about who who it was up until towards the end there. Um, But sort of in my gut, it told me that it was this kid Kenny. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's it's a more well thought out uh, episode, even though with some of the goofiness. As always, in this TV show. Uh, But, of course, the practical uh, effects, along with some of the miniatures, are really good. But i got to give it a little notch on the uh, the, the gigantic claw in this one. It would have been much better if they would have brought in a different (laughs) uh, enemy for a giant robo to fight. So with uh, episode 18... X7 a Mysterious Enemy Agent, I would give this one an 8 out of 10.
0: An episode that really delivers on miniatures and action, this one is entertaining despite another iron claw. The death of Kenny was a shocker. The line delivery, oddly enough, is some of the most stilted deliveries I've ever seen in a series to date, not to mention any tokusatsu show or film. Nevertheless, it's a fun episode that is mildly goofy yet fun. 9.5 out of 10. All right, episode 19. The English title, Metron, the Mysterious Spaceman. The Japanese title is Metro 3, the Alien from Andromeda. Jason, which one do you prefer? I I probably would go with the Japanese
1: version as far as sort of the subtitle for uh, the the Spaceman's name. for the spaceman, but as far as the name, I probably go with Metron with this one because Metro 3, it sort of sounds like a sector to like a futuristic city.
0: Yeah. I prefer the Japanese one because it is uh, a more nicely worded title. The English ones, if you've been sort of keeping track, tends to use the word mysterious an awful lot, including the previous episode we just got done covering. Uh, That one, though, I thought was better handled. But now I'm getting tired of seeing the word mysterious uh, in a lot of the English titles.
1: I was stating that. Um, Yeah, as far as that goes, but with the name of the dude, I, I think Metron just sounds much more better.
0: Metron is a better character name, yeah. But I'm, I, I like overall more of the, the Japanese title than the English one. So here's the synopsis for the episode. A flying saucer lands outside of Tokyo. Two hunters go inside and find Metron. He knocks them out. Johnny and Jerry check out the craft. Azuma wants them to bring Metron back to HQ. Metron proves to be working with Gargoyle. He freezes Azuma, Jerry, and Johnny, then sends out Torazon. Metron's third eye is shot, unfreezing everyone. Robo battles Torazon while Johnny confronts Metron on his craft. Robo disassembles Torazon piece by piece before blowing it up. Johnny escapes the saucer, uh, and due to gunshots on the console, the saucer blows up. With Metron and the Hunters and all those other people inside. So mass murder, (laughs) in a sense, was committed. Not Johnny's fault, technically. Yeah. So I want to get this off my – I want to get this out of the gate right away because I think it's going to set up for another really goofy episode uh, to discuss here. And one of my favorites of this entire block that we're covering here is I loved it when Azuma called Jerry a moron. And he's right because Jerry will later show how gullible he is. I just – I loved it. He just turns to Jerry moron <laughs> i just i loved. it. like that's one of the best lines in this entire series it,
1: and then so with this episode we get another recycled uh villain as far as toro's on goes and i
0: told you it was coming yeah. back
1: it, like not too far down the line obviously but uh with uh Metron, I think it's a really good one-off character in a way. It would have been nice if he was sort of one of the recycled ones along with uh, Fangar, Botanist, so on and so forth. But um, yeah, so that didn't happen. Uh, The other thing I wanted to point out is that towards the end on this when Marie, along with the rest of the Unicorn gang, uh, coming to save Johnny, Jerry, and Azuma that when she uh, shoots Metron's third eye and stuff, you thought you would have been dead right on the spot but luckily
0: That probably would have gone through his brain too Well, maybe.
1: somehow he still survived because with pro- probably the cavity of the third eye and everything, is, I mean it's directly where the brain is you th- <laughs> you think he would have been dead on the spot there, but no <laughs>
0: Metron is an interesting villain. I do kind of like the English dub line delivery of this Mm -hmm. character. I really thought, though, too, his... I forget the term used, but his way of sort of luring people into a ship and basically making it seem like he crash landed by accident on the planet. And his way of quote unquote thanking people was to deliver them these capsules, which he says are like meals, but instead they're they're capsules that freeze people Mm -hmm. maybe even kills them i don't know but it seems to me like they freeze him because he has this room off to the side where he puts
1: not only it freezes them but it also turns their skin green whereas if he Mm -hmm. freezes them directly with his third eye they their skin doesn't turn green
0: yeah and, and i really thought in terms of just overall um just sort of a a personality and an M.O. Metrotron was unique. However, I will say this. uh, His makeup effects and all that are pretty bad. Yeah, you can Um, obviously see the the
1: side part where it's supposed to be attached to his skin. It was obviously coming off or – yeah.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the attachment they used for the side and back of his head along with his ears and the remainder of his head, you can easily tell, almost looks like some sort of biker helmet was used mm-hmm. um, to put this thing together. Um It's pretty darn shoddy, which is unfortunate, but again, given the fact that this is from Toei at a time in which Toei wasn't necessarily as well-known like Toho for great effects, Um, and the fact, too, we've seen numerous times throughout this series, and we've commented on it. Periodically, um, that the effects work is not going to be the best. And it's a TV series, so maybe the um, timetable for putting episodes together was incredibly short, too. Uh, but this one I really thought was especially bad. Um, to me, it was just it, – it was jarring because I didn't look at it as part of his head – I looked at it as a helmet yeah. he was actually wearing because it was so obvious that that's what it was. And it just – I was not sold that it was actually part yeah, of his head. Yeah, and
1: some of those white outlines that sort of separated like the blue areas of his supposed – Sections. Of, of his head. But then we get to like his cheekbone, facial area. It's more or less – not defined the way it is on this head of his, even on parts it's on parts of the side there, where it should have been part of it or just not have some of those cracks in the middle of making it obviously a, a helmet or attachment, whichever. But yeah, it's just painted on there and doesn't have any real defined uh, areas where it, the rest of the head is.
0: Yeah, it's it's just shoddy. I give them an A for trying uh, because it is a unique design, but the way they executed it is just yeah, awful. and and just uh, it's not very and just
1: good. the ears to It like the placement they're obviously off kilter in a way and not leveled.
0: Yeah, and uh, another issue I have with this episode is that. Um, in the moment in which Jerry, Johnny, and Metron are leaving the saucer to go back to HQ, they are confronted by Gargoyle that starts shooting at them. And so then they end up turning around to head back to the saucer. And immediately we get, we cut from them running back to the saucer and then Gargoyle appearing to have cornered them. And I thought that that jump was jarring because it seemed like maybe some footage was cut Uh, I don't know if it was cut for the English version or if it was cut across the board because you see them running and you don't see the actual saucer in the picture we just see them running and then immediately we are right back in the saucer looking over the gargoyle uh, members shoulders as it appears that they have cornered our three heroes minus Metron Um, so I just – it was jarring because nothing – there was no bridge footage to get us from running back to the saucer to them being cornered.
1: The, the other jarring part was that when uh, the Gargoyle game was uh, attacking the spaceship and trying to take it over, was that when once they defeated uh, the other access of the unicorn, uh, people there <laughs> that – it just all of a sudden fade to black and then sort of faded back in, but it was still the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. And again, like I was saying in the last discussion of the previous episode, I said I'm going to bring up Unicorn Incompetence, and it is here. Uh, they – show major incompetence, Uh, how did they not know Metron wasn't following them back to the radar room initially after they showed him Robo? Because he immediately comes back, you would think, with somebody like that who is considered a special guest, but you don't know everything about him, that you would look over your shoulder The only
1: The only person in that entire base there that didn't have a good feeling about it, it was always Murray. Even like in some of the uh, previous episodes where they had these people that turned out to be bad guys, even uh, the sea captain, which turned out to be Harlequin in this, she didn't have a good feeling about it. So here we go again with Marie not having a good feeling about Metron, which obviously later on the episode, that was the case.
0: Another unintentionally funny moment was just before Metron's saucer is about to blow up. I thought his death scream was <laughs> it's,
1: it's, <laughs> Well, that and then uh, when they went to this empty stadium where he turns against uh, – Johnny Jerry and, and Azuma that he has this howl that just sounded so weird like the dubbing.
0: It was weird yeah.
1: <laughs> Excuse me but yeah it just sounded like a really injured animal <laughs> that was just like like just got, I
0: would have loved to have seen him make that sound with that his just, mouth <laughs> that just got stranded
1: in just injured in a way it just sounded so cringy <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and, and Azuma said something to the effect of, oh, he's been captured or he's hurt. And I'm like, that sounds like a dead animal. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound anything humanoid. Yeah. It, it just – it was just it was unintentionally funny again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think we – and
1: as far as Fangar goes, I, I think we've only seen him maybe just a short – part of this episode if i can remember but he wasn't really based i don't think he was in this episode i could have sworn that he was just a small midget smidgen of it <laughs> a small midget small smidgen <laughs> of it but yeah otherwise he he just wasn't really part of it obviously at all but yeah i just i can't really remember at all But uh, yeah, otherwise it's a very strange episode in a way. Uh, As far as Metron goes, it's a pretty good uh, one episode character. But with his appearance, they had a, a good effort in it, but the execution of it, it was just poor in a way. Just the appearance, you know, trying to yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if you get around to seeing this episode here, you'll definitely know why. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you want to give your final thought
1: and rating? Yeah, the my final thoughts on this. It's a pretty good story uh, for this episode. Uh, the Metron character I really like, but just the appearance slash execution is just really... Poor, as we've mentioned um yeah it's and then the competence again <laughs> need not say anymore uh yeah it's and then the uh, miniatures and then some of the blue screen stuff you can uh, although some of the blue screen stuff isn't quite Quite as great you can definitely tell what is and isn't real yeah and uh, but otherwise it's still a pretty good episode I would give it a 8 out of 10 for this one
0: yeah, we didn't talk uh, really about the Robo-Torazon fight, I want to say, before I dive into my oh, yeah. final thoughts. That was a really good fight. It was really fun. A lot of miniatures got destroyed, and the destruction of Torazon piece by piece, followed by the ultimate explosion, was really cool. Uh, it was done very well, I, and and that was fun to watch, I will mm-hmm. say that. It's, it seems, So my final well, thoughts before, rating... before you do that, it
1: felt like that uh, giant Robo had a tougher time. Uh, facing off against Torozan in this one here.
0: Really? I thought it seemed more even. I thought a few episodes back when they fought Torozan was stronger, whereas this time they were more even. If not, maybe Robo was even better. Maybe a little bit, yeah. But anyway, uh, my final thoughts are this. Episodes putting unicorns incompetence front and center tend to be episodes I find to be the most frustrating. Again, for such a top secret, highly distinguished organization, they sure can fuck things up royally and nearly have the earth collapse as a result of their incompetence. It doesn't help either that Metron's makeup and headgear are terrible. Despite that, the episode brings about some mild fun and watching Robo battle Torazon again was entertaining. It's not a great episode, but it'll suffice. 7.5 out of 10 oh, wow. that's actually probably one of the lowest ratings I've given to episodes I know I've given uh, lower ratings to at least a few more but wasn't that's pretty low wasn't for there me.
1: one that was pretty low at one point
0: I think I had one Yeah, that was like 3 or 4 or something like that maybe even a tad lower than that Alright, the final episode we are covering in this podcast is episode 20. The English title is Beware the Radeon Globe. The Japanese title is SOS Giant Robo. Jason, which title do you prefer? I'd probably go with the English one
1: because it seems more we get uh, Radion Globe involved uh, in this one even though that You get uh, Giant Robo as well. We're going to be discussing about uh, being captured and whatnot here. But to me, it seems like the uh, the English title, I think, is much better.
0: Yeah, I prefer the um, English one as well. It it kind (laughs) of describes more... uh, Accurately, what's going on in this episode or sort of mildly what to expect. SOS Giant Robo, I feel like, is a title you could give every episode of this series. And uh, as a result, it's even more generic of a title and one that just, I don't think, is, is really appropriate. Yeah.
1: Although uh, it does sort of make sense when it gets towards the end of this uh, episode here when Johnny was having a hard time trying to get... A response out of Giant Robo there when uh, Fangar uh, captured
0: uh, the giant robot. Yeah. All right. So here's the synopses for the episode. The Unicorn. <laughs> I am Unicorn. <laughs> the Unicorn Peace Observation Satellite goes missing. Giant Robo is sent to investigate. It's taken by another radion Globe. Fangar is leading the Gargoyle mission to capture Robo Jerry and Johnny attempt to infiltrate the hideout But are taken captive They eventually escape The Radeon Globe attacks a nuclear facility Johnny and Jerry try holding off Fangar While also attempting to get Robo operating under their control It's only through Johnny's tears and desperate pleas That Robo comes too Johnny and Jerry escape with Robo Robo confronts the Radion Globe and eventually destroys it. I really thought the narrator, when he opened up this episode, when he said the UPOS, I really thought he was going to say something along the lines of <sighs> the satellite's name being the Unicorn Piece of Shit.
1: You human. know, that's, that's the first thing that came to mind when I started watching this episode and something I wanted to bring up too, the UPOS. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or maybe it's
1: uh, literally meaning you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. The you piece of shit satellite. <laughs> now
0: imagine the actual narrator's voice saying that in your head.
1: <laughs> that makes it funny. The unicorns, you piece of shit satellite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no I just had to put that in. again that's an example of where my mind goes sometimes. well in mine
1: too but uh, the in this episode obviously we get uh, Fangar uh, appearing in, in this one the one thing that I want to point out in this one is that at the very end it seems like Fangar is killed off in this one
0: yeah, and I was thinking about it for a moment too, but here's the thing, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, I think we actually do or we will get to see Fangar actually die on screen, not off screen. So I don't think this is the last we've seen of Fangar. I think Fangar's death is going to come like two or three more episodes from but, now. And that we will, because I have this memory of him lying on the floor being crushed or something and blood coming down from like his forehead. I'm almost positive we do see that at some point. Yeah, it, but yeah, it yeah, almost just, does make it seem like he just, died. Just
1: the way how everything was set up and how it portrayed it in this episode. Like he was trying to get someone to lay lean their hand, you know, give him yeah. you know, a helping hand. There and it sort of seemed like that he was scared the way, and then one of his pig, his pig leg falls off and just shoots on its own, uh, having one of these missiles explode and basically exploding the entire underground base on the small island. But you never get to see if he survived that or not. So.
0: A rule of any sort of show or movie is if you don't actually see the villain die on screen, you always have to assume they're still around. And that's a rule for comic books, too. (laughs) But. Another area uh, showing unicorn incompetence is why would they, and this is at the beginning of the episode, when robo is out in space and they see another object floating out in space towards robo, is why would they initiate an attack when they had no clue what the object was? Because in real life, they would want to identify the thing first before attacking unless – The object attacks them uh, because you don't want to have some sort of accidental friendly fire. And, of course, with it being a kid show, obviously that other object was the radion Globe that took Robo hostage. But in real life, if something like that were to have come up, you don't just see something else and immediately think, oh, that's an enemy fire. Like. They spent zero seconds, not even half a second, trying to figure out if it was something good. Unless if it destroyed like their
1: U piece of shit satellite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe it could have been their satellite and they would have blown up their satellite. <laughs> Considering how incompetent Unicorn is shown to be at times, I wouldn't have put it past them to be that stupid.
1: Yeah. But also that they should have identified this uh, – red colored comet, which turns out to be the radeon globe that hey you know they could have had that uh type of discussion hey what is this let's identify it if it's an enemy or not uh just go and attack it but but yet they for some reason yes their competence gets in the way destroys their UPOS satellite (laughs) (laughs) and then they attack it from then on and then obviously unveiling the Radeon globe
0: yeah, and, and again, for the fourth consecutive episode, we have a former giant kaiju-slash-robot villain return. Um, again, very much like the giant claw I sigh. and I knew Radeon Glow was returning, too. I do remember that return.
1: You know, it seems like the and, last few podcasts that we had, there is a certain theme. In this one here, we get the
0: rehash
1: villain theme. <laughs>
0: And what ticks me off, and again, like I've said before, and I've even said it a couple times this podcast, is I'm tired of the more boring villains coming back. Mm-hmm. The giant claw, giant hand that I think is just dumb. Why not bring back um, the, I forgot the kaiju's name, but it looked sort of like a, like a dinosaur of sorts. It was from like a handful of episodes ago. Why not bring that back? Um, you had so many other cooler villains for Robo to fight that you could have brought back instead of the giant claw and um, this um, Radeon Vine. Globe. I thought Torozon was cool and I thought Gargoyle Vine's cool because those are more unique original type of of giant villains but something that's like a ball you know we saw something similar to that in the original Ultraman series uh a giant claw like I said anything that's like giant bugs or giant appendages like a hand or a jaw I think are uninspired and dull dull as shit um (laughs) I just I I I I hate it when they bring those types of villains back. I will say, however, though, too, unlike Radeon Globe's initial appearance a number of episodes back, I think Radeon Globe comes off better here. Uh, I thought Torozan's minimal in the last episode compared to his first. Um, I thought the battle was better. But here, too, I think they do a better job of presenting Radeon Globe as being a stronger villain and opponent. But still, just the idea of a villain like this, I think, is dull. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would uh,
1: completely agree with you on this one. And to me, when I, while watching this episode here and the way how the Gargoyle gang captured Giant Robo, it just seems like the way that they were going about it, that they were going to be replacing – Uh, some of the gadgetry slash brain to replace it with a new one that they would, you know, control the giant robo, but Mm -hmm. they never even really gotten around to it. They just, you know, Johnny and Jerry just got in the way and they just didn't really do much about it. Even when they, uh, you know, put him in this dungeon slash trap that was sort of underground, just beneath where giant robo was being held there that they would have right away put this, uh, you know, brain that they had in this large container, install it right away and use giant robo. But the entire episode didn't really, you know, progress all the way up to that point, which to me, I think it would have been great if they would have done a two part uh, episode of this entire thing. But, It just never really happened, and it would have been really great, and to me, I think that's probably one of the downsides on their part, Uh, whoever wrote the story for this episode, that they could have done a two-parter for it.
0: Well, and instead we get sort of a hilarious moment where Fangar tries to break some of the wires (laughs) inside Robo, and instead he gets shocked for a moment. (laughs) So you get a little bit of a funny moment there. Um, I thought there were a couple of obvious, but I thought wonderfully detailed map paintings of Giant Robo Mm -hmm. in the gargoyle layer. I thought, uh, despite the fact it was obvious they were paintings, I thought they were really well done i would be like hey i would like to hang something like that up in my den you know yeah (laughs) if it ever became available
1: just just the painting of how they portrayed giant robo with just these giant chains just around him
0: (laughs) yeah exactly uh the whole um Attempt at infiltrating the gargoyle hideout In kind of the bottom half of the episode By Johnny and Jerry uh, Brought up again some unexpected hilarity I never knew first and foremost Bats could explode Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah (laughs) There was that and then they shoot this gargoyle guy uh, from a distance. First off, right before the gargoyle guy is shot, he shoots and he knows he missed Jerry and Johnny, but then he kinda gets this <laughs> smirk on his face and then he's immediately shot. Well and then you see this obvious dummy body oh, yeah. slide down next to the ocean. It's just
1: well um, and then two kind of fun. And then two with Uh, this gargoyle game in the distance and with the reflection from Johnny's watch you would think, you know, with the movement and everything from the watch you would think that 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 wouldn't happen at all not even noticing that there was someone behind you, but yeah, you get the clear shot of someone behind you (laughs) that way without any subtle movements and stuff
0: yeah And another funny moment is when they're in – when Johnny and Jerry are – they fall into the pit. Johnny's yelp as he falls into that pit is like that of Mickey Mouse's. It's like (laughs) – (laughs) It's another (laughs) –
1: was kind of funny. And then the way that they are trying to uh, suffocate or whatever they're going to do with uh, Johnny and Jerry's – with the kind of substance that they're using. I like the name of – They said it was – I like the name of it detergent foam
0: (laughs) yeah I was like it's literally like soap (laughs) it's just this is one of the dumbest things Fangar's ever done and it might be the dumbest thing he's ever done detergent foam
1: (laughs) and then also with this uh, small island that they're on I wonder if it's the same island that they are reusing from a few episodes ago Cause it, seems it very like, well
0: could be. Yeah, because it
1: seems like it, it had the same red brick sort of uh, demolished layout compared to the other one.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if they recycled that location again. mm mm-hmm. um, There is an unfortunate moment, though, and I had brought this up to you a a bit earlier when we were talking about another episode, is that there is this moment when the Radeon Globe is trying to attack the nuclear facility, and some self-defense force soldiers have smoke blown in their face, but the nuclear facility map painting behind them proves to be just that, as the smoke doesn't cover that part of the shot, um, uh, because you see these self-defense soldiers stand in front of the facility, but the facility a map painting. Smoke comes in their face, but because of how the shots put together, the smoke disappears immediately behind them because the map painting is there. And so the smoke doesn't go over the entire shot like it should.
1: I never even noticed that. Noticed that, it's but
0: obvious. It's plain as day. Seriously, like go back and fast forward to that. It's plain as day. But
1: yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that was the case. <laughs>
0: You don't want to know what else is funny. What? From behind, Fangar looks like he's wearing a red dress. Yeah. Because you get a couple of shots from above of Fangar trying to escape, and the back part of like his the, the little the cape thing is yeah. red with a bit of a cloak, and it looks like he's wearing a red yeah. dress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, to me overall, I think it's a really good episode. Really good map painting i mean i'm sort of going into final thoughts on this one here uh, as well <laughs> as well as some of the miniature work and the settings uh for this to me it just felt like an overall good episode minus the rehashing of the giant villain in this one again radeon globe here but uh otherwise
0: great miniatures
1: yeah otherwise to me it's a really good episode and this one i would give uh beware of the radeon globe a nine out of ten
0: Uh, Another episode that brings multiple moments of unintentional hilarity. Despite an uninspired villain in the Radeon Globe returning, there is a lot to enjoy here. Fangar always makes an episode a couple of points better, and some of the map paintings here are beautifully done. A couple of moments arise when effects work doesn't execute properly, but it's nothing that harms the story. In fact, we've come to expect this from the show by now. A fun but pretty flawed episode 8 out of 10. Oh wow. <laughs> I thought
1: I thought your rating was going to be uh, about the same as mine.
0: It's fairly close. It's not as big as, you know, that first episode that we covered Mm -hmm. here. And with that, we are done covering 20 episodes of Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. We are nearing the end. Hard Um, to believe. As of right now, Jason, do you want to do the next episode on the 28th?
1: Let's see. Let me just double check on my uh, calendar here and that's... Yeah, that's just the uh, day after uh, Black Friday there. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, that that entire week, for me, it can be either way because I've got that full week off.
0: Okay. Um, then let's talk about that in the next couple of days. And so uh, forget it. We we still might do the 28th, but that don't even pencil that in. It's a so to be determined. Kind of yeah let's wait on that for a bit here um so that makes things uh, more flexible so uh, but either way that week we will cover episodes 21 through 23 and then in early december we will finish up um the the final few episodes and then kind of just give our overall thoughts on the series and um go from there. And then um, uh, again, I think, and this is for Jason and I, let's just kind of think about some things we want to maybe cover and start putting some notes together on what we want to do for the final episode of the year. And, um, and again, anybody else who has any ideas or wants to hear us discuss something or be a part of discussion of uh, a particular topic, let us know again that Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us uh, on our page there. Um, and uh, otherwise, we will just try to put something together ourselves. And uh, typically, that year end episode is the longest and most sort of ver- uh, varied a topical show uh, that we have each and every year. Mm -hmm. But um, this has been – I'm kind of glad we are actually uh, able to wrap up Johnny Sacco beforehand. Uh, I think it's very fitting to just try to get the the period on that. Uh, Again, I still laugh at myself. I'm like, oh, we'll be at this for eight months, and I I was way (laughs) off on the math. By like a half? (laughs) By like half the amount of time. But – Oh, well. Um, I, I made a boo-boo. <laughs> a miscalculation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that, though, because like I said, it just sort of seems like it wraps up nicely you know, as we go into the final month of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, discuss here in like the coming days more as far as uh, uh, for sure when we want to do that final episode of the month and then start putting together uh some notes and topics for discussion for the end of the year mm-hmm. about a month and a half from now so all right gosh it's hard to believe we're i know approaching that
1: it just felt like <laughs> yesterday that we just did our uh extravaganza episode of the year last year
0: i know it's crazy. I remember watching those Ultraman movies and being like, "None of this makes sense." <laughs> and then I realized I should have watched the TV
1: series. Yeah, because 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 that was the one of the main things that you wanted to do for that uh, episode. I
0: know. I was so hyped for that, and then I'm just like, "Shit, I really can't discuss this," <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, I could, but it would be deeply unfair to the films. I wouldn't be giving them a fair shot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um, on. On that note, uh, I just want to reiterate again as far as our podcasts and streaming networks here uh, for our audio podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, radio, Spotify, and tune in. And as far as our uh, streaming uh, TV networks, we're on YouTube Twitch, uh, Facebook Live, Periscope, and D live. And as far as our uh, social media networks, you can like and subscribe to us on these following social media uh, websites. Just uh, search for Daikaiju Network, and you can find us at our own website over daikaijunetwork.com.
0: And uh, I do intend on doing more writing on there. I know I said that uh, late last year, and I didn't do anything at the start of this year. And then the pandemic hit, and then, of course, just like everybody, uh, it kind of (laughs) fucked everything up, uh, even for me. I tried doing some writing here a few weeks ago, but then for whatever strange reason, I was having issues trying to log in. Well, Um, and then. So, yeah, I intend to do some more writing on that once we kind of get.
1: Past. Yeah, and then here. as I mentioned to Kent before we started this episode, there are some issues on the back end that the whole security uh, thing, uh, I was trying to get everything more certified as far as our uh, security. But uh, the way I enabled this certain thing, it just really effed everything <laughs> up on uh, the uh, the WordPress. Uh, side of our website or the plugin and so uh, I'm going to have to take a look through and uh, try to get everything reset because I obviously can't even log in <laughs> right now the way <laughs> things are good. Yeah, the way things are Screw but uh, <laughs> with uh, the more of the technical stuff I should be able to get things um, erased so I can at least log back in and try to get things more um, up-to-date and probably do some rethinking on some of the security side Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so with that thank you so much for listening or watching and we will see you guys here in like a couple weeks when we get even closer to the end of johnny sacco and his flying robot
1: all right take care everyone we'll see you in a couple weeks (laughs)